0: Welcome to Hear Me Out, My Story, podcast. A podcast about being gay and of a certain age. Each week, we deliver the best stories of gay life after 50. Now here's your host, Dean Kroll. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of my podcast, Hear Me Out, My Story. In this episode, I'm going to talk about dating apps, uh, the pros and cons of those um, things that have happened to me, things I've noticed. And, uh, there's a couple of research studies, well, research papers that I discovered that have a really interesting viewpoint. And of course, I always have to have a little humor. So, um, I'm going to start off with that. Um, and I'm mostly talking about dating apps for, for homosexual men. I know there are some specifically for homosexual women. Um, and then there's, you know, a whole slew for heterosexual people, um, but, of course, I'm talking about the the gay apps um, the the funny thing there's there seems to be these social trends or or you know uh, over time like I I've looked at different over the years I've been on different websites and different apps, and as technology progresses, it just changes forms but the the funny thing that sort of stays the same is the lack of quality in the photographs that people post. Um, And this current thing, I I don't know if this is happening in the heterosexual male world. So uh, women, uh, if you see this, please let me know. But gay men have been posting pictures of themselves with a fish. And I'm not talking their goldfish or their aquarium, (laughs) them on a dock, we're in a boat holding a fish that they caught. I, I, I'm not sure where this trend is coming from. I'm not sure why this is happening. I do find it very interesting that it is, is becoming more and more popular. And I, I think in my mind, I think I have to relate this back to this idea of being masculine. And if I go fishing, and I can show you that I actually caught something um i'm 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 a man, I'm masculine, and uh you know, I know how to do these hunting techniques. Well, that is the other thing is that sometimes you will see even see them uh in their hunting outfits that blaze orange and camo and um actually they're with a dead animal, so whether it's a deer or a turkey or some other animal that they've shot. That also is, has been a favorite, but not as popular as these fish pictures have been. And I think um, over the years, so I think originally years ago, I think men used to post pictures of themselves with um, babies, whether it was in nephew or whomever. And I think it was around that time that, you know, like Ann Getty's and all those baby pictures where she would make them up like flowers and you know, bunny rabbits and stuff. I thought that was always so strange. But um, men used to post uh, pictures of themselves with babies, like that somehow that was the nurturing or loving side of them. And then, um, and then of course, they always post pictures of themselves with their pets. Another thing that I've noticed in a lot of pictures is that guys don't smile. I have no idea where this comes from. Um, everybody looks better with a smile. Everybody looks more appealing with a smile. I can't figure out why you'd want to post a picture of yourself where you don't smile. And it's not even a picture of me doing something where I'm not smiling. It's it's me, it's, it's like I'm talking for the person, it's like me sitting at a desk looking grumpy. Well, nobody's gonna gravitate towards Mr. Grumpy Um, And and the picture quality is just awful. I I really think I should start a business where I do consultations with people about their photographs. Um, You know, the lighting is bad. The color is bad. I don't know how you've got fuzzy pictures with the technology of the phones today, but your pictures are fuzzy. Um, You know, uh, nobody can see you. And then there's these guys that will... Either they don't post a picture, or they post one picture of themselves and then three other pictures of landscapes, or quotes, or you know, a lake. I, I have no idea what that's about either. I, I get it. Pretty pictures. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you're doing it. Um. So now, there's this other <laughs> there's this other thing I've noticed in in um uh, on the apps. And, and guys have actually, they will actually write this out in their profile that says, I will not message first. <laughs> and I I am blown away by this. I have no idea why you would say, if we match, I'm not going to message you first. You you need to message me first. And in my mind, it's always been sort of the uh, person who gets the match, who makes the, the match for, you know, like, oh, hey, you've matched. I think that person should at least say hi. Not this, uh, I'm not going to message you first. And I don't, you know, again, I'm a little confused by this because why wouldn't you want to reach out? I guess in my mind, I think it's fear. I think it's fear of rejection. But if you've matched with somebody, you've already been accepted. So why not? Why not message? I, I, I have no idea. But, um, or here's the other flip side or I don't know if it's flip side, but the other part is you've made a match with somebody and you may message them, but then they never message you or you leave the match going and they never met. They just never message. Um, it is just, strange behavior, strange social behavior that a lot of this is new for me, but, you know, coming back into sort of the dating world. Um, you know, when I dated the first time, it was always, even if you met somebody online, you'd be like, hey, let's go, let's go get a coffee. Let's go, you know, sit somewhere and talk. Um, now you can't even get somebody to go meet you for a cup of coffee. Um, the apps have become not dating, but they have really become all about sex, and they become these hookup apps. And um, even this one that was, I I don't want to say any names because I don't want to have to, you know, have any legal issues, but there was one that was for everybody. And it was originally sort of that original swipe right, swipe left thing. And that has always been seen as a dating app. Well, for whatever reason, for gay men, it has morphed again into a a sex app. So um, (laughs) everything just seems to go back to sex with a lot of guys. And so, you know, with everything that was going on with COVID um, and everybody being shut away, it it became much harder to make those quality connections with people or to meet um, quality people. And um, a lot of that has become really difficult for people uh, me included, uh, you know, I I was just getting ready through through therapy and everything with my therapist to start joining some social groups, and everything was shut down for COVID. So, I've never actually gotten back to that uh, task of joining a social group or joining a, um, you know, one of the gay sports leagues or or you know, there's there's other uh, activities and things that people do. Um, they've got everything: running, tennis, bocce. Dodgeball, And that dodgeball, I'm going to take a minute. That kind of blows my mind because for most of us of a certain age, <laughs> playing dodgeball as the different kid was pure hell. And then the gays come out and say, Hey, we're going to have a dodgeball league. Like that's not triggering. And that's not going to bring up any PTSD for anybody, <laughs> but that's an aside. Um, but I was doing some research, uh, my own research, and I say research, I mean legitimate research, not me just uh, googling some stuff. I, I get into um, some of the journals, the peer-reviewed journals, and I take a look at the research studies, and I read different opinions and abstracts, and and take a look at um, the research that's been done. And um, you know, there's a lot of pop psych out there, a lot of things that. Um, you can take with a grain of salt, but one of the sort of the tidbits that I did, um, like, and I actually put this into practice before I read it, but it basically said that if you're grumpy about the way dating is going for you, um, you should take a break. And I was like, for sure, because you are just going to, uh, continue to be frustrated, uh, upset with yourself. It's going to be very tiring. Um, and, and you need to just put that all away. Don't open the apps. Don't, just don't do it. Do other things. Go out, do things you like. Be with yourself. Take yourself on a picnic, you know, that kind of stuff. Or be with friends. If you have good friends, you know, do that kind of stuff. Now, now sort of the big issue or the big topic that I want to talk about because this, this bothers me, um, because I think we're doing a lot of harm to ourselves in, in the gay culture is this idea that guys will write mask for mask, M-A-S-C for M-A-S-C. And that means masculine for masculine. And I get it. You have preference. You have things you like. There's things you're attracted to. But I think we're doing damage, not only to ourselves but to others, by looking at masculinity in a in a way that it's something that's controllable, uh, something that you make this conscious effort to be something you're not or to be act a way that you. Wouldn't normally do, but you do it because it's what sort of society has said is what you should be doing. And, you know, it, it, doing it on the dating apps and things uh, implies that in order for me to be desirable and to find people to go out with or dates, I have to be a certain way. I have to be this masculine. Uh stereotype of whatever a masculine gay man is supposed to be now, I'm probably gonna date myself, but back in the seventies and eighties, you know there were the, all of these categories of gays, you know, there was the the gym bunny, the twink. well, there was this one that was called um the clone, and the clones were the ones that wore the leather bomber jackets, the aviator sunglasses. And had um, a mustache. So, if you can think about Freddie Mercury at the time, he was he was demonstrating that hyper masculinity, gay ideal in that clone sort of uh, persona that he was doing. And I think, for for me, for m- in my thinking, I think a lot of this uh, uh, desire or or st- emphasis on being masculine is actually internalized homophobia. I think these guys that say that they only go out with masculine men, I'm masculine, I do this, evidently I fish, um, I think there are characteristics about themselves that they're not happy with. I think that they see their characteristics in somebody else and they blame that person for being that way when it's actually a characteristic that they're not happy with in themselves. I think they need to start getting in touch with themselves and start, you know, accepting themselves for who they are and where they are. Um, It is, it's kind of sad in a way. And and I hope a lot of times people can uh, figure this out. And I think their idea of masculine and masculinity is actually coming from the heteronormative masculinity. And it's what we have grown up with around us. And I'm gonna get into some of that in some of these uh, research papers I'm gonna point out. Um, And it comes across in different ways on the apps, masculine, straight acting, straight sounding, um, other words like, oh, I'm a jock or, or. somehow, you know, I'm a sportsman or, or, you know, whatever. All of these things are these indicators that um, I'm masculine and and I, that's what I want too. But I should say that this is not unique to gay men. I know that there are probably a lot of heterosexual males who feel the same way, like they need to be hyper-masculine and any sign of Per, what they perceive as being feminine um, is a sign of weakness. Um, and it's, it's not at all the way it should be. Now, the mobile apps also cause a lot of problems with intimacy because you, you are not really making a connection with somebody when you're just texting. Um, it, it, it is keeping you from making... Um, and I mean, intimate as far as making a mental connection, uh, not just a physical, sexual connection. Um, yes, love and sex and romance, um, are in there too, but you, you know, in order to be close to somebody for a relationship, I think you have to have some intimacy, um, and sharing of feelings and ideas. And you do not get that connection right away over and out. Like if you met somebody out, uh, at a social event. Um, obviously, you're going to see what they look like first, but then you're going to get a chance to talk to them or you get to see them interact with their friends. Um, so you're getting a bit more information than you do through an app. Um, and you already have something you can talk about. You both are at the same event. You both have a, something in common. Um, and that's a, lot, that's a good place to start. So a couple of the research papers that I uh, posted to, to Facebook, uh, I'm going to take a couple of snippets out to tell you about. Uh, the first one is uh, threats to mental health facilitated by dating application, application use among men having sex with men. And the quote is, uh, men having sex with men who can experience discrimination and social isolation, find dating, dating apps especially engaging and helpful in finding sexual partners. Great, okay. But then it goes on to say that excessive use of dating apps is associated with lower well-being and life satisfaction, depression, higher substance use, and lower sleep quality. So what we get from that um, is that while dating apps have a purpose and a place for people who may be shy or may not be able to get out or may... Live in an area where there aren't a lot of uh, people that they can meet, there is a you know that's sort of a lifeline for them. But overuse of it then can lead to all of these other um, situations. Um, I definitely know that when I am having a bout of depression or anxiety, um, the worst thing I can do is to uh, look at look at the apps because then I start thinking about, oh, well this person doesn't like me and this person doesn't like me and look at all these people who don't like me. And the other thing I can I do that is so self-defeating is, unfortunately is looking at Facebook and I see uh, guys that I'm friends with who are married or who have partners uh, and they are you know, posting pictures and they're, oh, we did this and we went here and um, we're so happy and I get it, it's just a picture. We don't know the whole story, but when you're in a depressive episode or, or you're having uh, some mental health uh, issues, you, you don't think rationally and you don't think, you don't think about those things. So, you know, your brain kind of takes over and does what it wants. Now, the second uh, research paper that I, I looked at that I found interesting was reported effects of masculine ideals on gay men. And this study is actually from I think 2009, so it's not recent, but I think it has a lot of relevant information even to the way things are today. Um, you know, sort of like I already said that characteristics that are associated with masculinity and femininity are socially constructed. So we as a society have made those ideals up over time. We've decided what what means masculine and what means feminine. And if we've decided those, we can change those. Uh, And so here's here's the really interesting part. The dominant group typically defines what are appropriate behaviors for a given gender. So for men, with gay men being a minority, that means that heterosexual men get to make up the ideals of what it means to be masculine. And the gay men have very little input into that. And I think... That's why uh, we do these things in the in the apps and in our postings of putting in. I want masculine only, and um, uh, you know, I I want someone who's masculine and goes fishing and hunting and you know does all of these things because that's what makes a man, and that's what society has said. Um, and 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 this and the paper does say four main rules: <laughs> men should not be feminine. Men must be respected and admired. Men should never show fear. And men should seek out risk and adventure. So those are some of the things that our society has has basically said over time is what, quote unquote, makes a man. And that's obviously not true. And that's something, again, that we can change. Um, you know, and this paper also says... Uh, Numerous studies have repeatedly shown that gay men who place personal advertisements tend to stress exhibiting masculine interests and behaviors and they tend to seek masculine mates. Gay men who choose to use gender-specific self-descriptors were significantly biased towards stereotypical masculine traits and masculine traits uh, such as dominance, muscular, and athletic, and labels such as masculine man, straight acting, and jock. That's the other one, straight acting, straight sounding. Uh, It says, furthermore, most advertisers, people who post uh, online, explicitly requested masculine mates, and they expressed that stereotypical feminine traits were undesirable in a potential mate. Isn't that, I mean, that's so interesting. And And this was from 2009. And just from my own personal observations, I'm seeing the same thing today. Uh, And here it says, potential selection bias of gay men who choose to advertise. Gay men's partner's preference suggests that masculinity is generally a desirable trait and that femininity is not. Yet, here's here's the kicker. How exactly are gay men defining masculinity and femininity? Are we using the heterosexual uh, norms to define masculinity? Or are we, as a group, as a subgroup, defining our own sense of masculinity and what that means? I, I find that that is such, to me, such a fascinating idea that we do have the power to change and we do have the power to change these notions of what Means masculine and what means feminine. It's obviously it's going to take time. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight because this is, like I said, from two thousand nine, and you know here we are, so many years later, and we're still kind of in the same boat. But I want to end with this kind of this interesting story of somebody that I've observed over several months, maybe a year online. I I don't really want to say where. but this person, since I've been uh, observing them online, has had three boyfriends, I'll say boyfriends. Um, and the interesting part about it is there is a definite pattern to this. And so this, this guy will um, be dating somebody. I, I should say, I, I'm, gonna quali- I'm gonna qualify this and I'm not saying that it is an issue or a concern. I'm just saying it's interesting to note that he's about 40-something and he dates about 20-somethings. So about half his age. So he will be dating somebody and, you know, six months, whatever, they break up. And then he's putting out messages that uh, he's single again, I'm sad, um, things are going on, this person wrong to me somehow or or um you know he, he says some negative things not really horrible awful things but some negativity to give you the idea that it was this other person's fault and of course all of his friends are enabling him and saying oh you're a great guy you're this you're that um they were wrong they made a bad decision they're lost and i'm not saying that stuff's not important but when, you know, when it happens over and over, it it really starts to sound false. And so then, you know, uh, very quickly, within a week, I would say, he has found, well, I've seen him then on the apps. And then he has found somebody else. And he quickly jumps to like, where he was with his past relationship with this new person. So we are back to posting pictures of us in bed or, or, or the, the new boyfriend sleeping or, uh, you know, everything we've done, we're out eating, we're out at parks, we're out doing this, we're out doing that. Um, and here, here I am, I am happy and I'm having the best life because I have this man in my life. Well, then again, you know, this person leaves and then he's back on the apps, finds somebody else and the process repeats. It is, um, I, uh, oh, I'm happy now. I've got this person. I'm spending time with him. I'm posting pictures of him sleeping. Here we did this. And we've kicked it up a notch this last time, I've noticed. Um, we've we've bought a dog. So we've added a dog in the mix um, of this pattern. And I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. Uh, whether this, you know, is this dog puppy seen as, uh, you know, a hook, a way to keep somebody around. Um, or... You know, is it going to not matter at all? And um, I actually f- I actually feel for him because I get where he's coming from and he wants to jump back to where he was in a relationship without going through the process of going through all of those beginning steps again. But in my mind, he's not doing the other person uh, any favors. He's not considering their feelings. He's not considering uh, how they might act or react or what they want. It it seems to be focused on his needs. Uh, it's sort of a, you know, unbalanced kind of uh, desire, um, and pattern that he has. So, um, while it's very interesting, I also find it sad for a lot of reasons. Um, and I would hope that if I ever did anything like that, um, I would hope some of you out there would pull me aside and say, "Hey, Dean, check it out." Uh, here's what you're doing. This this is not cool. It's self defeating, and you're really hurting yourself. I know some of you would. I I can name names, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Um, but thanks a lot, everyone. I think I covered a lot tonight. So uh, please, you know, go ahead and post to the the Facebook page for this podcast. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Let me know what you think. Um, if anybody has stories. I'd love to hear your stories please let me know and yeah I've been uh, asked about people um, you know if they if they would uh, be willing to be interviewed so yeah if you want to um, sit and and talk to me about any topic let me know it doesn't have to be anything that I've already covered it could be something new and it's easy enough to do I just uh, we just get on skype and I just record the audio so um, thanks everyone talk to you soon bye